Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. So I want to just talk to you what I feel like the Lord laid on my heart, and it's about something powerful that we've been praying for for a long, long time, and that is revival. That is revival. The title of this message today, I'm calling it Revival is Real. Revival is Real. Look to your neighbor and say, Revival is Real. Revival is Real. Can I just tell you and report to you this morning, some of you are aware of what's going on, but God God is answering the prayers of his people. God is answering the prayers. There's been prayers throughout history and especially over the last couple of decades as we've seen the the very foundation of our nation begin to deteriorate and to crumble, uh, impacting the whole nation, there's been a cry going out that, God, we want to see a revival. We want to see a real revival, and and we're seeing God's hand begin to move upon our nation and our churches in different ways. We're seeing more and more and hearing more and more about about a fresh wind of revival that is blowing across the nation right now. A fresh wind of revival that's blowing across campuses of schools all across our nation. If you've been watching the news any at all, well, maybe not the news because they're not going to report it, but social media will will share it. You've heard about the the revival going on at Asbury University in in Wilmore, Kentucky, a very small Christian college going there. I got a picture here on the screen of what's going on there in the chapel service there at um, Asbury uh, College, the university there. Let me tell you what's happened if you don't know the story right now, but on Wednesday, February the 8th, students and some of the staff, they joined in for a a chapel service, a prayer service is really what it was, their their midweek prayer service, and they had a guest speaker come in, and this guest speaker we, nobody would know who he is. He's not somebody you see on social media every day. Just a simple uh, man of God, a preacher of the gospel. And he begins to share out of Romans 12 about expressing God's love. And as he finished his message, he began to pray. He began to close the service in prayer. Just like we would a prayer service or any other service that we would pray. And here's what he prayed. He said, God, would you please revive us by your love? Would you please revive us by your love? Just a simple prayer, simple man, simple place. And after the students closed in prayer some of the students gathered around the altar and they began to uh, ask God to baptize them in the in his love and they began to uh, confess their sins before God 
Many of the students there in that service on that Wednesday, they left the service. A few of them stayed around the altar and they began to praise the Lord and pray and confess their sins and, and trust God to bring a move there. And, and a few of them stayed. And then all of a sudden, after many of the students had left, that there was something that pulled them back to that worship service, that prayer service. And it was a fresh wind blowing them back in to that chapel service. And, and those students all gathered around the altar and they began to worship the Lord and confess sins to the Lord. And since then, there has been a 24-7 continuous time of, of prayer and praising and preaching. And now people from all over the nation are gathering at this place, Asbury uh, University. They're gathering there uh, listen, it's a, you see the pictures there. It's a regular building. It's an old building. It's a simple building. There's no uh, fancy lights on the inside of this building. There's, there's no fancy fog machine or, or smoke machine inside of it. There, there's nothing fancy about the building. There's no famous worship band there. There's no famous preacher who has showed up in his limousine there. You know who's there? Just simple, sincere God seekers in a simple building seeking to be filled with the fresh outpouring of God's presence and God's power hallelujah and people are traveling all over the nation from all over the nation to this university and they're seeking the spirit of revival with hopes of taking it back to their to their communities to their schools to their campuses and to their churches one student that uh, testified there at Asbury University shared his testimony. He said, this is a revival. This is a revival. He said, revival has come and revival is here. He said in his testimony, you know what, it's ordinary people. It's ordinary people crying out for a move of God in our generation." And he said again, revival has come. Revival is here. And here we go. And he said, revival is real. Revival is real. Revival has come, this young man said, and it's about to spread out to the nations. And I say, Lord, let it be so right now. Let it be so. Let it spread out to all the nations. But Lord, let it continue to spread over our nation right now. And God is doing that. We're seeing the wind of revival right now blowing across. Listen, Asbury University is not the only one erupting in revival right now. Lee University, other campuses all over the nation are erupting in revival. Not only college campuses, but high schools and elementary schools. We're seeing a move of God. There's a revival here, and it's real. We need to pray that the wind of revival would blow on us. That wind of revival that's blowing on these campuses, let it blow right into the churches across this nation. Let it blow on me. I believe the only hope for the American church is a real revival. I believe the only hope for the nation of America is a real revival. How many of you believe that's the case? How many of you want a real revival in your own life? Come on, you want a real revival in your own life. If you don't have your hand up, you're the one that needs to have your hand up. 
I believe if we're going to experience a real revival that we must allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow on us, fill us, interrupt us, and move us to a place that we fully surrender and fully obey Christ Jesus. How can we expect God to revive us if we're not willing to seek after him and surrender our lives fully to him? We have to fully surrender our full obedience to Christ. Let me say that again. We have to fully surrender our obedience to Christ. What is revival? Uh, one could say many things about revival, but one part of revival is just saying, you know what? I'm surrendering my full obedience to Christ so he can revive me. I believe that if we're going to experience a real revival like we see happening at Asbury University and other places across the nation, God's people must be willing. We must be willing to do like those uh, students and this next generation is doing. We must be willing to lay ourselves upon the altar of God. And our prayer needs to be, Lord, crucify me that my flesh no longer lives, but it's you, Christ, living through me and using me. God, here I am. We got to be willing to lay ourselves upon the altar of God and ask him to just crucify our flesh that we no longer live, but Christ, you live through me. We must be willing to surrender our lives to the God who is the God of revival. So what is revival? A lot of things could be said about what is revival. Revival could be a picture of a, a fire that used to be flaming, but now it's just flickering. And a wind from God comes and blows on that little flicker, stirring that flame again, and it becomes to be a flaming fire again. What is revival? It's, it's, when, it's when that someone is, or something's almost dead and, and the wind of God comes and reignites a fire in that life again. Life comes back to something that's almost dead. That's what revival is. The fire's almost out. You're just flickering. The fire in your life is almost out. But then revival is when the wind of God comes, the wind of the Holy Spirit comes and blows on you and stirs that flame inside of you again and reignites a new fire and new passion for God. What is revival? Allowing the wind of the Spirit to blow on us Revival comes from God. Listen, it comes from God. I've heard people already this week saying, you know, we're going to go to Asbury University and we're going we're to participate in that revival. And, and I hope they will. I hope they catch the, I hope the spirit of revival is imparted into them. And I hope they take it back to wherever they go. I mean, that's really how the IPHC was formed. And you think about G.B. Cashel leaving North Carolina and going all the way to California to be part of a revival service. He caught the spirit of revival, brought it back to North Carolina. And hello, here we are this morning. Praise the Lord. But let me tell you something, friend. You can't create revival. God gives revival. God sends revival. God is the source of revival. You can't make it happen. You can't buy enough stuff to work it up. God has to send it, and we need to pray for it. He's the source of revival. And God sends his Holy Spirit on us personally and corporately to reignite a, a fire inside of his people. That's real revival. When the wind of the Spirit of God blows on us. We see that in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. And it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And 
divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and they rested on each of them and they were all, all, say all, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Listen, this is a picture in the New Testament of a, of a wind of revival coming over top of God's people. We see it right here. This mighty Russian wind comes and Peter, he stands up and he preaches the gospel and over 3,000 people are saved. That tells me right there, friend, that when the wind of revival blows, it blows religion out the door because all those people in Jerusalem were, were religious people. But Peter said, there's a, there's a new covenant now. There's a new way now to God. And it's through Jesus Christ. And so when revival comes, it's going to break down that religious spirit and you're going to see souls being saved. You see revival, the wind of revival blowing in Acts chapter 10 when revival blew into a man's house named Cornelius. He was not a Jew. He was a Gentile, friend. And the Bible says that when the wind of revival blew into his house, that Cornelius was saved, and so was his household, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Revival, when real revival comes, it will break down racial barriers. We see in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are in prison. And while they're in prison, the wind of revival blows into that prison. It blows the doors open. It blows the chains off. And people were saved. The jailer was saved. And his family was saved. That tells me when real revival comes, the Bible says there was an earthquake. There'll be signs and there'll be wonders. Listen, when real revival comes, prison doors will be open. Chains will come off. People will be set free. Hallelujah. Did you know right now at Asbury, yesterday they were testifying, I think if I got the uh, correct info yesterday, trying to watch a source that I feel is very reliable, they're closing down uh, classes uh, this week and maybe next week too, but there were reports that people were gathered around the altar and, and there was prayer going on that uh, demonic spirits were being cast out of people and people were being set free from any bondages and strongholds that were in their life. Come on, God is able. God is working there. We're seeing the supernatural happen right there in that place as they gather. That's real revival. When the religious spirit is broken down, when souls are being saved, listen, that, that religious spirit, listen, when real revival comes, it may not be exactly what you think it's going to look like. It, it, listen, some of you think real revival is it's going to come to the next generation and they're going to walk in the door and they're not going to be wearing the Crocs and the sweatpants no more. Now they're going to be in a suit and a tie and they're going to carry their Bible and they're going to walk this way and talk this way. It's not going to be like that. God's going to move how he wants to move. And we can't judge and we can't mock it and we can't criticize it. We got to thank God for what's going on. Hallelujah. Oh, some of you, I done made you mad now. God help us. We need to win the revival to blow on us again. Come on. We need to win the revival to blow in this church. We need to win the revival to blow in the church. 
We need to win a revival to blow into our prayers. We need to win a revival to blow into the preaching. We need to win a revival to blow into our praise. We need to win a revival to blow all over this church. Hallelujah. We need to win a revival to blow in our homes. Some of you need to win a revival to blow in your homes right now. Some of you needed to blow in your schools. We needed to blow across this nation. We need to win a revival to come to reignite a fresh fire in us personally but also corporately as a church. We need to pray for a real revival. It's here. Let's don't miss it. Let's not miss it. We need to pray for revival. We see in the Gospels, we see in the Bible where there was prayers for revival. Let me take you to a few verses here in Psalm 85 where the psalmist was praying for revival. I'm trying to hurry. Read Psalm 85. It says, will you not revive us again? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God, the Lord, will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints, but let them not return to folly. Or one translation says, let them not return to their foolish ways. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him. Here we go. That his glory may dwell in the land, in our land. I want you to notice with me real quick. The very first thing for revival, there has to be a plea for revival. There has to be a plea. The psalmist said in verse 6, Will you not revive us again? Will you not revive us again? There has to be a plea. Listen to me this morning, church. We should be pleading, pleading for God to move again, to revive us again, to stir us again, to reignite us again. We should be pleading for a revival as we look at the spiritual condition of our nation. But let's not really harp on the nation when we look at the spiritual condition of the American church today. Churches are closing like crazy, surveys show, studies show. Surveys showing churches closing, denominations are splitting. Churches are dead spiritually. Churches have joined this council culture and they've canceled Jesus out of their services. False preachers and teachers that we were warned about in the scriptures, they're here right now. False preachers and teachers have allowed the woke world to hijack the church. And now what you see happening in the church now because the, the woke world has been uh, moved into the church. You have uh, uh, churches that are supporting same-sex marriage. And friend, listen, it's not a political statement. I'm standing on the word of God. The Bible says marriage is God's design. It's God's purpose with one man, one woman. That's God's design for marriage. The woke world has hijacked the church and we see churches standing there and supporting abortion. Abortion is murder. God has grace to forgive anybody that's done anything like that, but it's not right. Churches supporting sinful lifestyles in the church. Well, you know what? You, you just keep coming. You keep coming. And we want all people to come. I'm, I'm serious. We love God and love all people. I told them in the connection class the other night. It doesn't matter to me. We want all people to come because we want them to hear the gospel so the truth can set them free. But what I'm talking about right now, friend, is churches that are 
they've moved into this uh, this woke world into the church and now it's like you know what I know you're living in sin and you know we won't say much about that you just keep coming because we want the numbers to look good on Sunday you keep giving your tithe and giving your offering so we can keep supporting and, and we can have our fancy suits and driving our cars and have our own airplanes or whatever we need but I'm telling you right now friend it's wrong sin has to be confronted sin has to be dealt with listen you can't sweep it under a rug, friend, because sin will separate you from God. And now what's happened is churches are making a mockery of God. God, help us not to make a mockery of you. No wonder the American church is so weak. No wonder the American church is so weak. No wonder the American church is so dry and dead and divided. We need a fresh wind of revival to, to blow on us again more than ever. We need it. Every one of us in this room, we need it. I want you to please hear me, friend. Listen, I preached it last Sunday, and I'll preach it until the Lord takes me home. God is love. God is love. He's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. He, he's a God who forgives. But never forget this. God is holy. God is righteous. God is a God who's just in his judgment. And I'm here to tell you right now, if you look back through the beginning of the Bible to the very end, God is not going to tolerate sin. He's not going to compromise. He's not going to look on favor to a church that is in compromise and rebellion to him. God is never going to bless a church that is seeking to be more like the culture rather than being more like Christ. He's never going to bless the church. He's never going to bless a, a Christian that, we, you know, we are the church. Now, when I say church, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about you and you and you, and I'm talking about me. He's never going to bless you if you're more concerned about looking like the culture than rather being more like Christ. Well, listen, we should be pleading. We should be pleading, pleading for the wind of revival to blow on us, pleading for the wind of revival to blow on us for the sake of the next generation. I think about looking into the future of some things here in our nation and I'm not really sure what America will look like going forward. I have my own thoughts. I would never say they're, they're prophetic thoughts, but just looking at the word of God and looking at just things happening in our nation, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what's going to happen in America, but one thing that I know that will happen and I am sure of, Jesus will continue to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Amen. And here's what I believe. The American church might collapse in religious ruin, but the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ will rise in revival. The true church of the Lord Jesus Christ will rise in revival. There's going to be churches that are going to crumble and they're going to collapse because all it is is just religion with no power and they're going to lay there in the religious ruins, but the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ will rise up in these last days and we will see revival. And I want to be right in the middle of it. I want to be right in the middle of it. We don't need religion. We need revival. We don't need a woke church. We need a windblown church. We need to win the revival more than ever. Come on. We need to win the revival more than ever. And I want you to notice here the, the preparation for revival. Prayer is the key for revival. Did you know at uh, Asbury uh, 
college there at the university people are they're crying out to God in personal prayer and they're crying out to God in corporate prayer and the revival going on there it started in a prayer service it started in a prayer service what kind of prayers will it take for a real revival well when you look at the scriptures here and you look at what's going on in these places across our nation right now there has to be a prayer of repentance. There has to be a prayer of repentance. Verse 8 says here in Psalm 85, turn from your folly. Turn from your foolish ways. There has to be a prayer out of our heart that says, Lord, I'm going to turn from sin. I'm going to turn back to you, Lord. I'm going to turn away from these foolish things, these things of folly. I'm not going to go after them no more. I'm coming after you, Lord. And there has to be a turning away from sin and a turning back to the Lord did you know uh, at the university there in Kentucky that the people that are there right now that there's testimonies that in front of the altar that the carpet is soaked it's wet with tears it's wet with tears tears of confession of sin and tears of repentance this next generation they're gathered around that altar and they're weeping their hearts out they're, they're shedding tears and they're confessing their sins and friend listen to me real revival will re, it will move us to our knees and we will repent of our sins and we will turn back to the Lord because when you turn back to the Lord that opens the door for him to pour out the wind of the revival upon our lives there has to be a prayer of repentance. There has to be a prayer of repentance. There has to be a prayer of humility. Listen, you don't know who the preachers are there. You don't know who's leading worship there. You don't know because it's nobody famous. There's nobody looking for the, the, the limelight, the spotlight. They're there because they're humble and they want to lift up Jesus. Humility, you know what humility is? It's the desire to be nothing so God can be everything. How many of y'all think we could use some humility in our day? Humility is the desire to be nothing so God can be everything. And the opposite of humility is pride. And pride, we uh, know, is the, the, the root of every sin and evil. Pride is dangerous. Pride will cause you to think you don't need the Lord in your life. Pride will cause you to be self-centered and self-reliant. Pride will cause you not to pray. Pride will cause you to exalt yourself above Christ. Pride will cause you to boast in your own goodness instead of the goodness of God. Pride will block the wind of revival from blowing on you, friend. Listen, we need the wind to come through and blow pride out of the way. God's never going to bless a prideful people. He's never going to bless a prideful pastor. He's never going to bless a prideful church. We have to humble ourselves before the Lord. That means that we bow before the Lord and we desire to be nothing and to declare that he's everything. Being humble means that we can do nothing without Christ. Being humble means that Jesus is all we need. Being humble means that we need the power of the Holy Spirit to fill us every day in our life. Real revival is going to require for you to be humble. You do not know it all. You hadn't figured it out all. And you're nothing without God. Well, I got this and I've done that. You know what? Throw it out the window like Paul said. I consider it all garbage. Because I'm nothing without Christ. I'm nothing without Him. And we got to walk humble. Peter says, Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. 
Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. We need to pray for humility. God, help us not to be prideful people. And, friend, our, our, our nation is just wrapped up in pride. White pride, black pride, brown pride. God don't look on any of that. He's not looking on that. He just wants to know, are you washed in the blood? Are you my child? You want to be thankful, be grateful that you belong to me. And I've seen it, friend. You've all seen it. People get so caught up in their own pride, and, and it takes them down some paths where they do some violent and very extreme things. And, friend, pride is dangerous. Pride is dangerous. We need to pray for humility, that Jesus may increase and we would decrease. That's a good prayer to pray. You need to pray. I'm, I'm rushing. Pray for hunger, that we'll have a hunger for more of God. How many of you are hungry for more of Jesus? I'm reading a book right now, Hungry for More of Jesus by David Wilkerson. I've read that book like three times. Every time I read it, it just stirs something in me. Some of you are hungry for more things of the world than you are the Lord. But you need to win a revival to come and blow on you and, and, and blow a spiritual hunger into your life, a hunger for a move of God, that you would have a hunger for, for Jesus and more of him and a hunger for him to move and a hunger for people to be saved and a hunger for people to be healed and a hunger for people to be set free from demonic strongholds off of their life, a hunger for a manifestation of the power of God, a, a hunger for the manifestation presence of God. Let me tell you something friend if you're not hungry for those things you need to win the revival to blow on you if you're not hungry to see souls saved if you're not hungry to see lives being changed if you're not hungry for the power of God to move in somebody's life and you're just kind of in your own world doing your own thing checking in on Sunday and checking out on Sunday so you can say I've been to church then you need to win the revival to blow on you right now Come, wind, blow. Blow on me. Blow on this church. Blow a hunger. We need prayers. Prayers for purity. How's revival going to come? You're going to have to walk in purity. You need to pray that we'll live a purified life, a cleansed life, a holy life. That man that was in that service on that Wednesday, he pulled out Romans 12 and read it. You know what that says? I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Listen to me this morning, please. We need to pursue holiness, pursue purity, and flee from sin. Please hear me. Flee from sin. Flee from it. Flee from the sin. Turn from it. And pursue holiness and ask the Lord to purify you and cleanse you and to make you holy. Holiness. Pursue it because God demands it. Pursue holiness because it reflects Jesus Christ. And pursue holiness because it makes you a light in a dark world. Pray for purity. Come on, friend, pray for purity. I can't help what the world's doing. We know what they're going to do. You can't be pointing to the world, but what about the church? Because judgment starts with the house of God. Yeah. 
flee from sin. Please help me, Lord. Pray, pray for pray. Pray for a heart of praise. There's people there in that church. There's a 24-7 praise going on, friend. They're praising the Lord. Listen, they're not lifting up man. They're lifting up Jesus. They're praising Jesus. The Bible says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. You want revival to come? We'll keep praising the Lord. Keep praising the Lord. Well, we praise him here at church. You want him to come into school? Praise him in the school. Come on. You want him to come at your workplace? Praise him at the workplace. Come on. He inhabits the praises of his people. I want revival to come. And praise is so important and a key to it. And we're going to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to praise the Lord. And the last thing I tell you here is that we need to pray for anointed preaching because that's another key for revival, preparing for revival. Do you know that there's, there, there's people there and they're, they're standing up and, friend, listen, they're, they're, they're not standing up and saying, you know what, there, there's a blessing for you today. There's a blessing for you today. Just get out your cell phone and you can, you can text pay me right now. If you'll send me so-and-so money, uh, I'll pray a blessing over you and over your family. Friend, you know that's of the devil right there. These people that are at these universities and these colleges, they're standing there and there's anointed preaching going on. They're preaching the truth of God's word and it's not returning void. God is moving in a powerful way. There's anointed preaching. And you know what's happening when they preach the word in love with the power of God? We're seeing people around the altar and you know what they're doing? They're submitting their lives to the word of God. They're submitting their lives to the word of God. Have you submitted your life to the Word of God? I'm asking you because we're in such a culture today that we, we want to live like we want to live and we try to change the Word around so it accommodate what we want to do in life. But that's not how it works, friend. You read the Word and you submit to the Word of God. You submit to it and God takes that and He changes your life. God help us to pray for anointed preaching anointed preaching God help me God to preach help me God I pray right now to never deviate from your word God to stand on your word to submit to your word for my own life and I pray it over this church I want you to notice Pastor Kevin or Caleb whoever whatever come on thank you I want you to notice finally the purpose of revival. The purpose for revival. Verse 9 says God's glory will be manifested in the land. God's glory will be manifested in our land. That's what revival is. Is When you look across our land, you see the glory of God. And we're seeing pockets of that glory right now. Ezra called it moments of grace. We're seeing moments of grace right now. And I say, Lord, the same thing that's going on at the campus in Kentucky, let it happen in the campus here at Mount Olive College. Hallelujah. Let it happen in Southern Wayne, North Duplin, uh, all the schools, all the elementary schools, Carver, Spring Creek, whatever. Bring the revival. Let the wind blow. Some of y'all need the wind to blow on you. I need the wind to blow on me. Because when the wind comes of revival, the purpose of that will be miracles will happen. 
we'll see manifestations of God's presence and we'll see mighty outpourings of God's grace and mercy there'll be moments of grace and, and you know what can, 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 you, can you tell us exactly how all this is happening you will not be able to explain it because God is doing it and all you'll be able to say is to God be the glory I don't know how he did it I don't know how he did it but he's done it. And if you'll open your heart to him, he'll do it for you too. The purpose of revival is that God will be glorified. Sinners will be saved. Sinners will be saved. The sick will be healed. Lives will be transformed. The purpose of revival is God will refresh us. God will revive us. We'll experience the glory and the power of God. The purpose of revival, God will be glorified. Christ will be exalted. It won't listen. There won't be no church. That that little plaque you can throw it out the window. It's going to be about Jesus being lifted up. You're not going to be walking in the community and walking in town. Well, let me tell you what my church. It won't be about a church. It'll be about let me tell you what Jesus has done, and He gets the glory. He gets the praise. I say, Lord, start right here, right now. Let the wind of revival blow. Let it blow. Give us a wind-blown church. Wind-blown. They walk out of here. You walk into the community and be like, what has happened to you? Wind-blown. Wind-blown. My friend Lee Grady, he's been here at our church a couple of times. He said these words here. He wrote an article about that revival going on. And here's what he said at the very end of his article. He said, let revival erupt in every church and on every campus across this nation. Isn't that a great prayer to pray right now? Let revival erupt in every church and on every campus. And I say, Lord, let the wind of revival start with me. Let it start with me. Well, so-and-so needs revival, and so-and-so needs... No, no, let it start with me. Let it start with me. I want the wind to blow on me right now. I want the wind to blow on this church. I want the wind to blow here. And the only way it's going to happen is that we walk through these things here and we confess our sin. Friend, the wind's not going to blow on you if you continue to reject God's offer for salvation. If you're going to continue to walk in sin and willfully sin against God, you have to come to a place of confession of sin and repentance and say, Lord, I bow before you now. I'm sorry. I confess my sins. And you ask God to forgive you. And you get up and you turn from that sin and you go in a new direction. And you have to humble yourself before the Lord. Don't walk up and think, you, oh, I'm all this and I'm all that. No, you humble yourself before the Lord. I'm nothing and he's everything. In fact, I wouldn't even be here right now being able to preach to you without him giving me breath in my lungs. And then you got to pray for a hunger. Come on. What are you hungry for? I'm hungry for Jesus. And I want to praise him. And God, give me the voice and the life that will preach, that will preach wherever I go.